नमस्ते फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल इट्स सो ब्यूटिफुल नो दैट दिस साइलेंस इज ऑलवेज देयर बिहाइंड एवरीथिंग इट जस्ट टेक्स फ्यू सेकेंड्स टू डिप इन टू दैट साइलेंस एंड समथिंग सो ब्यूटिफुल दिस साइलेंस दैट इज बिहाइंड लाइफ सो टूडे एज पार्ट ऑफ दिस सीरीज ऑफ प्रेयर वी रीड दिस वंडरफुल पोयम द विदांति इंस प्रेयर एंड वेन शुरबिंदो वॉज आस्ट वॉट इज दिस प्रेयर अबाउट ही गेव अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग रिप्लाई This prayer is about the conversion of the asura. So, what really is conversion of the asura? Now we have in the Gita a distinction between the godlike and the asuric-like humanity. So, godlike he describes Sri Krishna with many attributes, which we all uh, you know know. Um, I prefer those twelve attributes of the mother. So, these are signs of a godlike humanity. Like, for instance, courage. um straightforwardness uh, honesty uh, honesty in dealing with you know people uh, truthfulness generosity compassion kindness swadhyaya the ability to study being a student of oneself so he studies oneself teja driti the steadfastness uh, absence of dambha absence of vanity absence of pride humility these are some of the qualities which are divine nature goodness perseverance so all these are divine qualities and uh, on the other hand we have the asuric quality asuric quality primarily is marked by the bloated sense of ego so bloated sense of ego is the the way you can recognize an asura I leave aside it's not like you ask somebody tell me your qualities no the way you recognize an asura primarily is by the exaggeration of the ego so this what is shown by asuras having a big head or you know ravana having 10 heads and etc etc so asura is somebody with a bloated ego now there is something like a normal ego operating in human beings between uh, you know tamasic rajasic and satvic but the asura is a bloated sense of ego so his pride touches the sky damb you know vanity that he is all the time thinking whole life and even divine in terms of himself today i have this much wealth tomorrow i will have this much more today i have defeated this enemy tomorrow i'll defeat this that enemy more today i have got this recognition tomorrow i'll get so much more recognition they flaunt all these things so this is the hallmark of the asura shubhendra has described it uh, as the three gates through which you know you can recognize the asura excessive ambition lust for power then second is lust for wealth they are never satisfied they want more and more and more and of course the lust for um, you know the the sexual pleasures and so these are the three hallmarks of the asura now every human being will have some attraction for money some money he needs and uh, some bit of you know i should have some position but here it takes an aggrandized um, aspect and second thing that he makes it very simple that every human being Uh, can be differentiated into two types one is those which are gravitating towards rajo tamasic so who are the rajo tamasic uh, human beings tamas because of tamas they don't want to change they accept life not accept but they are happy with their little groove and that is a groove of pleasure so rajo tamasic humanity they don't want to put any upward effort so things like aspirations seeking for the divine is too much for them they believe that life is meant for pleasure hedonistic pursuit and sometimes they may believe in god 
So some asuras are very religious and Shubhinder says, yes, they are very religious, but their cult is egoism. So they will go to all the temples sometimes, they will go to all the holy men and do this, that pranam, even put ashes on their forehead. But why are they doing it? They are basically eyeing on the pound of flesh that they are going to get from life. It's not that I need to change. God must change to fit into my desires. And if he cannot fit into my desires, he is no more God. So this is the hallmark of the asura. And Shubhda says the inferior humanity gravitates towards Rajo Tamasic humanity. And Tamas brings many other things. It brings the, you know, the need for only comfort, the bourgeois ideal that I'll earn so much money, then I'll sit back and relax and enjoy. So all these are the ideals of a very asuric humanity, hedonistic life, where life is only meant to enjoy. So you have parties, pubs and, you know, all the glamour things in which people run from, uh, you know, why do people run to these places? Because they are missing the joy of life. So at one level, you feel very sorry for them. People who are all the time going to these places, they are basically missing the natural joy of life. Joy should be natural. Every child has a natural joy. It doesn't matter. You may be in a rich family or a poor family. Every child has a joy. So what happens? As the child grows up, he misses upon this joy. Joy, love, beauty, these are the aspects which come from the heart. So one has to constantly find something or the other to get that joy which is missing. So he runs outward. So all these are hallmarks of an asura. And so he gives himself a false comfort that I have so much money. So I'm a big man. Not realizing that a big man may tomorrow be, you know, like anyone else. He will be in dust um, three feet or you know three feet down under so <laughs> so this is the hallmark of the asuric humanity whereas there is another kind of humanity rajo sattvic so it has um, like any other human being a kind of drive it should be it wants to progress it has some ambition it wants to do well in whatever it wants to do but it wants to regulate its life by certain ideals that no there is some kind of uh, ethics some kind of Asuras can be moral beings, but they are not ethical. Ethical is, even a moral asura is a good asura, but they are not ethical. Ethics is something which is intrinsic. Morality is something which society has decided, religious doctrine has decided, so you live according to that. But ethics means you discover the sense of beauty within you and you live by that standard. So, ethical standards and you know you want to lead life according to the shastra what is to be done when where which is very different from just a moral doctrine so this is the hallmark of an evolving humanity which seeks beyond the human frame so when it goes to god it doesn't go asking only for money and this and that it goes to god to bring peace to bring more compassion to you know help one evolve uh, for the meaning of life and therefore this humanity which is more daivic type it has a chance of evolving into the spiritual type spiritual type goes beyond the three Spiritual type of humanity is, you can't brand it into tamasic, rajasic and sattvic. It will go beyond the three because it cannot live in any more in the frames which either the society decides or its own, uh, you know, standard, ideal, mental ideal decides. It must live according to the will of God and it tries to keep attuning itself. So, there comes a time and, and you know, normally when we read all this, we have a tendency to brand, this is asura, this is a... God. As normally it is all others are Asura, I am God. So if you think like that, that, that means that you are the only Asura left on this planet because we see in others the reflection of our own being. So Shrabindu reminds us that this distinction, though practical, is not to be taken in an absolute sense. 
So what does it mean? Is he says all human beings are asuras by birth. So because that's how we are. Life is about egoism and all this. We are taught from childhood. If you see parents encourages to become asuras, only you, 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 you. Society encourages to be asura. Why do you want to get a good job so that you can earn and enjoy life? So what is it? It's an asuric tendency. No, you will have a lot of money. You will be successful. You will be a big man. You will be a recognized man. Then teachers, how many percentage that will decide what you are. So entirely, this society, this is called an asuric society. It may be very rich and successful. That's what the Ravana Soneki Lanka is. But inwardly, it is hollow. See, that's what the Rakshasa is. He has gigantic appetite. Why he wants more and more? Because he never thrift inside. He is all the time feeling a hollow in his heart which he wants to fill. So that is a paradox of Lanka that though it is a rich uh, society, it has to be destroyed, it has to be burned down. Why it has to be burned down? Because it is missing the most important fundamental element in life. So but all human beings by birth are Nasura. There will be a very rare Deva type of human being born. It is by conversion that he becomes a Deva type, the spiritual conversion. And this transition marks the beginning of a greater climb. So as long as we are leading what is called as, you know, in one of the letters of Sri when Dilip Kumar Roy wrote, after all, I was leading a rich, egoistic life, successful man, you know, in career and everything. And then Sri says that, you know, still in that life, there is a hollow which you are not able to see, which has brought you eventually here. So the day we begin to feel that with all our achievements, whatever I have achieved and I may yet achieve, there is something missing. And we begin to pray and aspire for that, look for that, seek for that. That's when conversion is taking place. So this also explains to us all this idea about conversion, which people follow, you convert to a religion is so absurd. Conversion is an inner process. And first of all, our soul, the moment we shift the motive from egoistic life to a divine life, we are fundamentally converted. Then we may take this path or that path. If we don't have that shift, then whatever path we may take, whatever religion we may subscribe, we are the same foolish fellow. It doesn't matter whether you are a Hindu or Muslim or a Christian because you have not really converted in the sense that you your motives are still the same, low and ugly. Then in Shurabindu's Yoga, this inner conversion has to be realized and translated in all the members of a being. Meaning thereby that my soul may seek the divine, motive has shifted inside, I no more seek egoistic life, but my mind is not yet converted. Now, what does it mean mind being converted? It seeks only the divine truth and the divine light. And when it comes, it receives and accepts it. It doesn't question like the, you know, self-seeking, arrogant, intellectual. Shurabindu says so, but you know, modern science talks of this and that. He says, if Shurabindu says so, he is my master, he knows it, he is right. But I don't understand it, so it prays that teach me or illumine my mind, tell me what it means and he will reveal. It's very simple, I can tell you this is absolutely so simple as that. When we read Shurabindu, we don't understand something. All that we need is to give our minds to him and say that, uh, Lord, I don't understand, but I know you are true. Teach me. So after a while, your mind will get illumined. That's the, at least I have gone through that process. People often ask, this is the process I followed. If Shurabindu says so, it is right. No questions after that. Then now I may not understand certain things. So I would 
pray i don't know so a time came when something opens and then you start everything starts getting revealed to you because uh, you know when you persistently pray for that light that illumination then a time comes when he says okay okay you are asking for this that everything i'll open a door so the light will keep falling into you so this is one kind of conversion heart must get converted from a egoistic turbulent love which is full of all kinds of obscurity prone to hatred jealousy possessions possessiveness domination control into a love which is very sweet which is full of self giving and carries within itself an intrinsic joy the joy of giving itself now this also reminds us what is the difference between uh, ethical standard uh, moral standards and the divine standard so when two people are married when you know morally you are married so this is the moral rule that's it then ethical standard it's not enough that you are married therefore they have a set of duties which they must do you decide inwardly that what is the right thing what is the beautiful thing if your wife is tired is it a good thing for her to stand in the kitchen is it i mean same same will apply to the man if you have a child shouldn't both people share the responsibility an ethical man will feel it from inside moral man will go by the standards of the society at that time he will say no but that's what is there in our society our culture he will say indian culture mein ye hota hai that's the end of the story then the divine law is something very different the mother says when she was asked about marriage she said it's a outdated thing and you know it will be replaced in the future when people love each other they can stay together and when love has passed away they can just separate so people were shocked what do you mean she said it is to because uh, normally what happens you are married so there is a legal document so if the wife wants to separate it's a very complicated process lot of mudslinging falsehood how much she was seeing into the future she said so that all this is not necessary you just separate that's enough both the love is no more there don't drag on like two dogs tied by a single leash and of course this was an event in her own life so you go through that process now people will say but the society will disintegrate it won't disintegrate it will discover a new balance initially it will go through that phase where it doesn't know because up till now we have acted according to outer standards they keep a check and when they are moved uh, removed like we see today in transition we don't know what is the true law so there will be a group of people who will gravitate downwards without a doubt but there will be a group of people who will want to discover the inner law and eventually they are the ones who will cross up in cross over go beyond both moral ethics and reason into the law of truth the intuitive law it is going to be a tricky passage shubindu speaks about it cautions it but that is the higher law of the spiritual man so this is the conversion which takes place in the heart then in the life normally all our energies are turned only towards egoistic pleasures and enjoyment that's what life says i want to enjoy so shubindu says the need for enjoyment is not wrong but to enjoy egoistically and you know not uh, disregarding the law of sacrifice and enjoy in a crude and gross appetite that is the asuric way of enjoying so a typical asura or a rakshasa sorry is a typical foodie all the time he lo- his idea of enjoyment when he goes to a place he will look for where are the restaurants for him wine and dine and we reverse it not dine and wine we remove that any and we make it divine so you know but normally asura rakshasa he's got he's only thinking of appetite his idea of enjoyment is good food that's the end of the story but then 
as we get refined, our idea of enjoyment changes. Food is there. It's okay. If there is a tasty food, you enjoy it. But that's not all. Man does not live by bread alone. That's how Christ put it, no? So you enjoy beautiful poetry, you enjoy music, you enjoy beautiful work of art, creativity. Then as you ascend further, you enjoy a beautiful gesture. When you see a child who is standing up courageously or when you see a generous act, you get a great joy. Or when you worship and pray and seek the divine, there is a greater joy. So enjoyment itself changes from the asuric type to more refined type. So, when we are in a crude state, life impulses are turning around ego and crude enjoyments. As we get converted, like in, in a crude state, we want praise. Mother says, sign of the conversion of the vital is that it is not seeking praise anymore. If somebody praises, okay, good. But it's not seeking. At one point, it even begins to feel it very crude. What does it mean somebody is praising you? I mean, who is that person? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Is he a really connoisseur of things? And finally, the conversion of the body. So, the bodily self must get converted in this sense that normally body is seeking comfort. But now it begins to seek the divine. So, that is called aspiration in the physical. Must have heard one of the pieces of mother's music. There are three pieces, aspiration in the physical. So, the physical has become equal to, uh, it is wanting to endure anything and everything for the sake of the divine. Because it wants that. Normally we get tired, we say, oh, I want to just lead a, you know, bodies uh, after a while. Actually, it's not body's fault. It is obscure, it's a docile instrument. So it has run according to the vital mode. But a time comes when the body says, I want to pray the divine in my own way. I want to serve. All urge to serve. Because any service you will use something of the body is an urge which is coming from the psychic and it's lighting up a flame in the body. So this is what conversion means in Shurabindo's yoga. And today we'll read one such poem. The Vedantin's Prayer. <clears throat> Why Shurabindo used the word Vedantin? Because you know you are reaching to that one, that source of all things. So Vedantin is a seeker after Veda, the ultimate truth, the end of knowledge. So he is seeking the ultimate source, reality, truth, Brahman, Ishwara, call it what, whatever. The supreme knowledge, the Vedantins prayer, spirit supreme, who musest in the silence of the heart, eternal gleam. So where is he to be found? He is to be found in the silence of the heart. Though he is the supreme, see this is something so beautiful. The Vedantin knows that God dwells in the heart of man. And seek him there. Spirit supreme who musest in the silence of the heart. Eternal gleam. Thou only art. So what does the Vedantin say? There is nothing else but the divine. And this can be understood at two levels. One is that the Kenupanishad way. All this is not divine. And the divine Brahman is there. Tadeva Brahman Tamviddi Nedam Yadidam Upasate. Or in the way of the Isha Upanishad. All this too is the divine. And meant to manifest the divine. So, thou only art, ah, wherefore with this darkness am I veiled, my sunlit part. So, when we experience these states of depression, despair, gloom, feelings of unfitness, all these come in the path of yoga because of suggestions from the dark forces. They don't want us to proceed. So, they'll feel this idea, you know, you are a sinner. That sinner idea, you remember? Mother said, I, I always found it so abominable. I am a sinner. Then people started taking pride in saying I am a sinner. 
So there was a joke about it that in a church, you are supposed to confess your sins. So one priest goes and he falls down on the knees and tells Christ, I am a great sinner, feeling very proud about it. So the head priest, he says, oh, he falls down, <laughs> I am a greater sinner. <laughs> How dare you say you are the great sinner? You know, this idea of, even people have turned this into a matter of pride. See, how humble I am. Now you know. <laughs> so these suggestions will come. The, the play of the asura, darkness is many fold. It can give us this idea. Oh, see how humble I am. See, I acknowledge that I am a weak creature. No, in, the, in yoga, you are supposed to believe. Start with this premise that I am not this struggling creature down here. Who am I? I am the Brahman, the eternal, the infinite. I am the unstainable, the unalloyable. I am purity indeed. It doesn't mean closing one's eyes to this part. But when we remember, see what was the mantra given to Sri Krishna? Sri says, a word from Ghora Rishi. Akshitam, Achyutam. All that he said is, who are you? Achyutam. We have this, no? Achyutam, Keshavam, Ram, Narayanam. So, Achyutam means one who is not fallen. Akshitam, that which doesn't degenerate or doesn't diminish. Akshay, Akshitam. So if you remember, or the mantra given in the ancient Upanishad, Tattvamasi, so Vedanti's prayer is what? Thou art that. Aham Brahmasmi. So as long as I think that I am this fallen worm on the road, I am a worm on the road. But somebody comes and tells us, you know what, in the worm foresees the coming God. You are a God in the making. Oh, is it? Yes. You are a God secretly. You don't know it, but I know it. So what am I to do? Worm says, remember, just think of yourself as a butterfly. For the worm, that is God, huh? by the way. <laughs> step by step, huh? don't start telling worm that you are a Brahman. You are a butterfly. Is it? What does the butterfly look like? See some samples here and there. I am that, I can't believe it. Yes, you are that. So the worm caterpillar says, okay, fine, if you say so. The master says so. So it starts saying that I am a butterfly, I am a butterfly, I am a butterfly. But his vrittis are the same. He is eating, eating, eating. One day he starts experiencing pain. Stifling all around. And then he says, now I am going to die. <laughs> Some master told me I am a butterfly. <laughs> neither, neither the butter nor, <laughs> nor the fly do I see. And he looks at the master and says, what did you tell me? And the master smiles and says, just wait one more step. What is that one more step? That book Illusions by Richard Bachner. It ends so beautifully. What the What the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls it a butterfly. So, my, my this is what I am. But wherefore I am in this darkness? This is not befitting me. So to start with, thou only art. Ah, wherefore with this darkness am I veiled? My sunlit part. I am the child of the Divine Mother. Let us Shirbindo, be faithful to the call. And he says, remind yourself, Whenever you feel these moods coming upon you, that I am a child of the mother, I cannot fail. Tell yourself 10,000 million times, because this is our truth. I may not know it. Others certainly would not know it. 
देव से ओ चाइल्ड ऑफ द मदर बनता है आई फेस दिस चाइल्ड ऑफ द मदर अरे वॉट टू डू दिस इज योर ट्रूथ बट यू नो चाइल्ड ऑफ द मदर Now, but you remember, this is your truth. This is not something to be proclaimed to anyone. But this is your truth. Then one day you will become that because this is your secret reality. My, now look at the meter of this poetry. You know, see, it runs into these three. There is a specific name for it. My sunlit part by clouds assailed. So clouds have come. Now normally when clouds come, we say, "Oh, I am darkness." No, sun is hidden. it's a change of perspective one you say oh sky is dark i am in the night condemned to night forever doomed no let us wait for the sun sun is hidden sun is veiled every day morning we have no those pictures of the sun sometime today the picture was that daybreak so when i saw that i felt it is birth of light where is it born from from the womb of darkness what was hiding behind in the night in the womb or night be pregnant it was pregnant with light but we saw it not so this is what by clouds assailed why am i thus disfigured by desire distracted hailed desire disfigures us why because truth keeps us straight what desire does look at the flame when it is burning like this and going into this channel that channel disfigured it actually you know changes the whole thing inside it scatters our energies into 100 things and then he uses the word distracted hailed so why is it that this is happening to me scorched by the fire of fitful passions from thy peace out thrust into the gyre of every gust i belong to your peace my home is there what is it i am doing here and one suggestion from here and i flow into that another suggestion i go into that all kinds of calls postman comes and every knock i answer what is this every time the phone pings i am is it needed to look at the whatsapp our inner state is like that every little knock at the door and we are pushed why because this is we are in the gyre by every gust every wind every little storm and we are taken by that and therefore he comes into the gyre of every gust betrayed to grief overtaken with dismay surprised by lust so because of this what happens we are we run into desire then suddenly we think i ah, is giving me happiness happiness joy 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 and at the end we see joy is diminishing diminishing still we don't realize maybe now i'll get the greater joy again you know that story of that man who was in search of um gold in below so even with gold he was not satisfied so he said maybe i'll get something still greater but gold was the last thing so he goes further and suddenly he sees that there is a man sitting with a chakra on his head wheel and then he says who are you then the chakra comes on to him he says i like you in greed i had also come here now you wait when i had read this story it was horrifying he said i don't know you'll have to wait till another person comes with greed and then you will embody that so he says ki what happens when we pursue the path of desire at the end it leads to grief this is not what we are meant for 
overtaken with dismay surprised by lust because in this is the world in which we so there is a lower network of forces in which this is the game don't go by appearances oh he is a good person oh he is a nice man there is no nice good human being like that people are good there are appearances which are good but the mother says there is an animal waiting right there and time to time it comes out and the day you give it a free rein it will spounce upon you so she says surprised by lust he says of course there is something missing in the vedantins prayer and that shobindo will bring elsewhere and that is grace but a vedantin doesn't go by that vedantin wants us to just remember that that's what i am i am not this and then he says let not my gray blood clotted past repel thy sovereign ruth nor even delay o lonely truth nor let the specious gods who ape thee still deceive my youth so he is praying to the lord to the son of truth son that illumines let not my gray blood clotted past everybody has a gray past you know that's how it is said that every uh, saint has a every saint has a past where he was a sinner or something which he has hidden inside and every sinner has a future that's the better part of it you know so why because in that zone when we navigate through life it is there so often when people um, sometimes they say oh he is a very good guy so i say oh is he a yogi who has conquered everything what do you mean by good guy in yoga you will understand that you know goodness we have begun to believe in appearances anybody can put a good appearance that's why in yoga one has to be vigilant good appearance is very easy to put on and as human beings we have learned to hide things in the backyard but when the divine mother's working start the backyard is the first thing she opens let's do the clearing it's not a clearance sale huh? it is a clearing so everything because you can't so this is the blood clotted past all the tendencies of the past which are lying in the subconscious suddenly begin to come up shobindo describes it in his own case he says when he was in the alipur jail suddenly he says anger which was foreign to him suddenly came up and it was so intense because it was all lying inside that the jailer ran away saying he is he is a madman madman because he couldn't bear that intensity so when these are the things which are there inside our subconscious this is the past not only in this life over lives this is not a work of one life even for a vedantin to come out of this state it is very difficult because we have a animal past we have a crude past we have the asuric past we have the giants past we have within us the animal past all these are lying inside taming the dragon the dragon is inside <laughs> so he says let not my gray so he is praying because this is what it ties us back you want to fly high and it says no it draws attention let not my gray blood clotted past repel thy sovereign ruth of course grace is never repelled but truth is that that aspect of kindness and you know the divine wants to give mercy and yet uh, if we continue to insist on our ways so but shurabindo has made it so much more easier he says but keep open to the grace 
grace is there which is much greater and grace is never repelled we may turn ourselves away from the grace if we do that then it's a different even then grace doesn't leave you but carries you because once it has said yes you are destined to arrive but we should keep turning and opening to the grace that's what is important nor even delay all only truth you alone are true so why am i deceived by these specious gods specious is false what are false gods go there he will fulfill your mannat all the gods gods is not only shrines and gods oh this politician no if you form connection with him he will make sure that when you are in trouble he'll pull you out so then god says okay fine you know that story about the man who was surrounded by suddenly bandits and uh, he was a shiva bhakta or so he claimed so suddenly out there in mount kalas suddenly shiva comes out of his trance picks up his trishul and is rushing mother parvati says where are you going my devotee is in trouble but before he could go again he comes back keeps it and sits into trance what happened oh he has dialed up the politician and so it's okay but i'll tell you i have seen this intervention more than once in my life concrete intervention that if you really pray to her and leave it in her hand the intervention is much much better faster complete swifter than you can even imagine but generally what is it generally it is oh this man will save me that person will help me so oh lonely truth there is only one thing that can save us and that is truth mother says until humanity is convinced that truth alone can save save itself see the message she gave to jipmer truth cures but we are not convinced so we want falsehood god is there but he is also to cater to our falsehood fulfillment of desire so these are the specious gods nor nor let the specious gods who ape thee still deceive my youth so how do they ape god of love now youth love typical love but love is something very profound who can love somebody who is ready to sacrifice his ego only can love but you know you will see many people who will claim but at the first <laughs> the demand of love there is that shrinking because love is that energy light love light beauty look at what has happened to beauty it has become so ugly all the paintings and dentings there is an appearance which is which passes off as beauty people don't know what is called as the beauty of the soul so this is and the beauty of the inner being and even the beauty of the form so nor let the specious gods who ape these still deceive my youth these clamor still he says i want to come up but they are clamoring all the time for attention they are pulling me 10 of them are pulling all my 10 fingers and now i was trying to free more 10 have come holding my toes one is pulling at my belly one is pulling something else So he says, "These clamor still. It's a not an easy thing. We must understand. At the same time, we should never ever give up, even if we feel pinned to the ground by the adversary. We should only say, 'Ma, ma, ma, ma,' and see what will happen. But we tend to give up. The moment you give up, you have lost the battle. The day you say, 'Gone now,' you know I am gone. That day you are gone. That's what they want you to say at the end." that i give up on the grace the day you say that i give up on the grace they say we have won now you are ours 
Never say that. So keep on. And if there is a delay in the coming, there is a purpose and a reason. So keep calling. Even in the densest darkness call, Ma, Ma, Ma. With the complete trust of a child that she will come. And she is watching over. But there is a guardian power. There are hands that save. Calm, eyes divine, regard the human scene. When he describes the Manishan, uh, you know, destroyer who can destroy man's world, ruin, carnage, the beast, the demon, the genie, he describes all that, no? Entry into the inner countries, Savitri experiences that. But all the world's possibilities in man are waiting as waits a tree in a seed. And then there is a grisly description. A grisly company of maladies. So they are knocking. He says, man harbors not the gods alone. The demon and the jinn are tied in him. The beast growls in his anter den. There is a beast. You don't know it. He is there. At night he wakes up. Suddenly, you see a dragon out there. Some strange beast. Because they are roaming around. And we don't realize it. They are there. So we have to keep on offering and invoking the grace. So what is he doing? This is what he is doing. He is not saying that I am going to fight with my own efforts. Vedanti knows that there is a greater truth which is what I am. And if I keep invoking that truth in my life, one day it is going to win the victory. There will be a battle. That's okay. These clamors still, for I would hear the eternal voice and know the eternal will. I want to hear your voice and I want to know your will. Let thy will be done. Let thy will be done. The most intelligent prayer ever anybody can have. Why? Because ultimately only thy will be done. <laughs> Try whatever you may. Ultimately only divine will be done. Because that is the original will. You just cannot. See the Asura tries. Let my will be done. Asura tries. Divine says, okay, try. He reaches a point and after that when it collapses, it collapses right into that. Because ultimately, it is the divine will which will fulfill itself. So let thy will be done. But there is a difference between knowing the will and fulfilling it consciously. And not knowing the will and going along the paths of desire and one day that will imposes itself. It is very painful. So always whatever we may want in life or you know, we go into many pursuits. Always you should say, Mother, this is what ignorantly I am seeking or searching. Ideal is to be freed from desire. But Mother, I pray that let your will be done. Say it with a sincere heart. doesn't matter. People are afraid. What if I say, let thy will be done and what I am seeking is snatched away. Much better it is snatched away prematurely than it's, it is snatched away after you think, oh, now I have my throne. And you are going to sit on the throne and somebody sit and you fall on the ground and say oh my god why did you let me climb this high if you were to pull my throne the divine will say you never heard my will you were never meant for this throne I have another throne for you ready and that's a much better throne so this is what we have to remember so he wants to know the eternal will ultimately the divine will will be done but to know and to obey that impulsion this brilliant show Cumbering the threshold of eternity, dispel, bestow, brilliant show of, you know, before the sun comes out, so Diwali is spectacular. When daytime you try to burst crackers, you will only hear sound. Not much maza. Night, brilliant show of crackers. 
wait let one sun come out all this crackers and these stars the moon the lights at the home all fireflies they will vanish there is a very beautiful urdu poet who had this couplet one of my favorites which um, once when writing shurbindo's biography this what i had written started with this you know when shurbindo comes and it is said that when there is thick of night that is the time god comes so it was ab sab nakhat ama ke doob gaye so the poet is invoking the sun now it is densest of night even those little stars which i took to guide me they are gone sab nakhat ama ke doob gaye sara aakash tumhara hai they are all gone all have been taken away from me snatched one by one all my supports the mother says when you come to the yoga sometimes all your support supports of egoism they are snatched away from you and you hang by nothing but a slender thread of faith yes when you go through that then everything is given back to you but you know that now that support is only the divine never make that mistake Hundred people may be there in your life who may help. Like ashram is a community, so everybody. But support is only seek your support only in the divine. Seek your love only in the divine. Radiate love, but don't start expecting, seeking, wanting. Seek it only in the divine. The soul support, avlamb. So he is saying, this brilliant show, come bring the threshold of eternity. Dispel, bestow the undimmed eye. the heart grown young and clear rebuke in me these hopes that cry what a wonderful prayer it is heart grown young and clear why do people grow old that's why they are seeking these little things you know what is the the bourgeois ideal what do i want in life i want a good job okay you have a good job what my children then children have grown up now grandchildren now grandchildren you have to become grandfather no grandfathers are a good old people good or bad but old people then you have no goal so you become then a most boring dad or a granddad children want to avoid you grandchildren want to avoid you friends want to avoid you but out of goodness they will be come near sometime and you think that you are a still the special person behind they are praying god when will i be able to put a mala on his photo <laughs> and he thinks i am the lord and bow is waiting for the sas when will she give me that last key son is waiting for the father to write his ultimate will every day is looking after but thinking oh he had he still survived <laughs> people may not be so bad why you want to reach that point why you want to reach that point be young and clear forever there is infinity before you then you will be young you will not be dependent on children when you know what will be your goal when remaining young forever means what always looking forward when you are 60 when people think 60 70 now retirement plan you should be such who oh, have these many peaks to conquer not rest on your past laurels you know what i did this and that you know ask an army general retired you know what in that war whether he did or not this is a different story you know what in that war i did that you know what everywhere doctors you know i had a very difficult case once are you theek hai 
<laughs> engineers you know once i treated that bridge collapsed so i was called in and i did some magic you know all this going on endlessly nobody is interested you see a typical retired people's club everybody is busy telling the stories of the past is sad and sickening sight it's like you're wanting to not look at the only thing staring at your face and that is death <laughs> so but we are seekers of immortality our search should be oh that is past i am looking toward the future i want more more you dil mange more but what is that more not more at a horizontal level <laughs> but more vertically on the heights so this is what keeps the heart young and clear because you want to climb towards the heights and so he is saying at that point rebuke in me these hopes that cry what is this rebuke he is praying to god he is not saying fulfill in me these hopes but a vedantin would does not pray like that oh i am sick of these desires say no imagine have the courage to say tell god say no to whatever i desire heaven's wiser love rejects the mortal's prayer this too is love the greater love you can pray to mother and i am saying this from the heart sincerely pray to her mother why do you allow me i don't want this i want you that's all your love your comfort your lap your peace your bliss i don't want all these things then she will take you in a most beautiful way till she will disclose herself in everything she will say this to i am this to i am this to i am you'll find her everywhere but the other is i want this i want that say no i want only to belong to you and then she will show that yes how we can belong to her in the midst of everything and with everything so this what these hopes that cry rebuke these hopes that cry so deafeningly remove my solid centuries restore my purity what is that original purity see the difference between a christian concept and the sanatan dharma concept so christian concept is man is a sinner he is fallen why because god pushed him out god knows why for eating an apple you are punished like this but whatever you are <laughs> bad to so since then it is like you are a fallen being so you grow up with this idea that you are a sinner so how do you change well he came he took upon himself all your sins now all that you need to do is put a cross outside your door and say that i belong to this and you will be saved there is a truth in this but not the way it is practiced it is not just about outwardly alleging things as i said inwardly if you have that faith that christ is a divine being and he will carry me through everything yes that faith is a very great power but then you have to also start with original our origin is pure why because we are shri krishna says something still more beautiful he says it's not fault of christianity or the you know christ christ never gave all this how creation came in all this so the later christians they had to put a cosmology no so the new testament is what christ teachings with the uh, like master and disciple so that's something very different very beautiful by the way different different versions but now you want to have a cosmology how creation came so because the background was jewish it was picked up from that the old testament where man is a sinner he is fallen 
poor Christ, she never said all these things. Now it has got integrated into the belief system. But in all likelihood, Christ knew this. That the greater truth is what uh, Sri Krishna says. What does he say? Mamaye Vansha. Who are you? You are a portion of me. This is our greater truth. So what happened? Sullied through the centuries. Births after births, we were rolling in the mud. So much so that there was a, no difference between me and the pig. And then one day we realized that no, this is not what I am. That story of Sri Ramakrishna, Vidantin story, where a big lion jumps upon a flock. Now in that flock of sheep, there was a little lion or cub also because it had strayed and you know it was brought up by that. You know, story of Lion King, you see something like that. So he was brought up there and enlarged it into a big story. But you know, it was lost because the lioness died while delivering a baby and the baby was grew up with the sheep. So it began to bleed, it started eating grass. One day a lion came to jump on the flock of sheep and he saw that lion club. And lion cub is running, running like every other sheep. So he goes and says, this peculiar creature catches him. What, is, what are you running? No, no, please spare my life, please spare me. But why are you asking to spare your life? You are me. No, no, sir, please don't say that. Don't make a fool of me. Don't joke at my helplessness. What helplessness? He takes him to the nearby lake. Says, look into this lake. So he looks at his own face and then looks at the lion, majestic lion. And looks at his own face, looks at the majestic lion. Says, yes, there is no difference between you and me. Then this big lion says, now be free and roar. You are the king of the jungle. So something similar that I am not this struggling creature. How much ever I may be sullied through the century. What does the divine mother come to remind us? You are my child, my eternal portion. And it's true of all of us. It's just a question of some are, you know, some accept it, some don't. Some, most people will accept, no, no, I am a creature of the mud. This is belief, this is a religion. Let them debate and discuss. You know, it's their problem. Oh, this is a religion. Okay, fine. Good for you and good for me. <laughs> no need to debate and discuss. But it's much better to believe that you are a portion of the divine than to believe you are a creature of the mud. This much we can say logically. I have to believe one thing. I don't know which is absolute truth. So logically I prefer to believe I am a portion of the divine than I am a creature of the mud. So this what? Remove my sullied centuries, restore my purity. Purity is our true divine nature. Which is there in everybody. That's why Swami Vivekananda in his Chicago address says, I am proud to belong to a religion which declares boldly that I am God. That we are by our birth, origin, we have a divine nature. So when you know that, it's so much more different than saying I am a sinner. Somehow I have to you know, arrive at purity. People try to get purity, moral purity, ascetic purity. None of that is purity. Purity is to reclaim what you truly are. That's it. Stainless steel. What is purity? What, what is the process of purity? Just wash out the dust. It's the same. So this is purity. Here the idea of purity is, purity is not the way we understand it. Purity is our nature. We are by nature pure. Like a child, that's what they say. But over centuries we have been sullied. Now that has to be removed. Sometimes the dust and the coating is very thick. So the divine has to use that what is that? Jail mein jo karte na, with great this thing, they wash out everything. So like that. 
So sometimes he has to go through that super washing, super powder nirma, which hurts you here, there, divine soap. If we are less dust, then he will also wash it gently. But if we, and if we keep rolling in that dust, then he will apply a super disinfectant. Then we will say, what have done? Now I am not getting joy in the dust. You will say, yes, because that is the only way you will understand. I have taken away that pleasure because you are meant for this. Remove my sullied centuries, restore my purity. Oh, hidden door. Ultimate aspect that there is a door, there is a veil, there is a lid which separates us from the divine. So, oh, hidden door of knowledge, open. This is the temple we must open and enter. Oh, hidden door of knowledge, open, strength, fulfill thyself, love, outpour. So he's saying, strength, fulfill thyself. You are here to be the victor. Mother, be the victor. Not my ego should be the victory. The mother's victory is the victory of the divine mother in all the sadhaks, each sadhak, his weaknesses, his infirmities. That is the mother's victory. Not that, you see this person, my enemy, look, he has fallen. Mother's victory. No, it, now you are also fallen. Mother's victory is when that sadhak also loses his duspurittis and you also lose your fangs and your tooth which hurt. That is the mother's victory. When the beast in us is converted into the cow of Krishna. So this is the victory of the Divine Mother. So I'll just quickly read it and then we'll stop. The Vedantins prayer, Spirit Supreme, who musest in the silence of the heart, eternal gleam, thou only art. Ah, wherefore with this darkness am I veiled, my sunlit part by clouds assailed? Why am I thus disfigured by desire, distracted, hailed, scorched by the fire of fitful passions from thy peace outthrust? Into the gyre of every gust, betrayed to grief, overtaken with dismay, surprised by lust. Let not my grey, blood clotted past repel thy sovereign ruth, nor even delay, O lonely truth, nor let the specious gods who ape thee still deceive my youth. These clamours still, for I would hear the eternal voice and know the eternal will. This aspiration should always be there. I want to know the eternal will. I want to arrive there. Constant aspiration. The brilliant, this brilliant show, cumbering the threshold of eternity, dispel, bestow. Not saying that, ah, I am so fortunate, God's grace is so much with me, so much money, so much this. Probably the grace has not started working. Okay? When it starts working, suddenly you may find that. <laughs> so he's saying, this show, take it away. What I want is, dispel, bestow the undimmed eye. It's dimmed by ignorance. The undimmed eye, the heart grown young and clear. Rebuke in me these hopes that cry. So deafeningly, 
Remove my sullied centuries, restore my purity. O hidden door of knowledge, open, strength, fulfill thyself, love, outpour. O hidden door of knowledge, open, strength, fulfill thyself, love, outpour.